DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, guys. What's going on? Oh, we're just sitting here talking about a BYU offense. It looks like uh, somebody got really good at video games and went back and selected the <laughs> easiest settings so they could put up bizarro numbers and just blow everything away. Is that what you've done? Have you reset the level on this video game? Uh. Yeah, well, there have been some, some pretty good games this year where we're, um, you know, we're being pretty aggressive. And But it, it's been a three-year process. You know, we, we went all in. Most of the guys that are playing for us right now are in their third year in our offense, and we went all in with, with those guys, you know, in year one and kind of took our lumps and just tried to hang around and keep the games close. And then last year we – we got better, even though our record didn't show it. We knew we were getting a lot better on offense, and we could feel it. And we saw some, we saw a lot of progress. We had a couple of really disappointing losses last year, but also some wins that were that were good wins that showed us we were going the right way. And then we all kind of had a feeling we were going to be pretty good this year. I mean, none of us were popping off about it or anything, but we we had a, our staff had a really good feeling that we were going to be great on offense and. Um, so it's been a process, and it's fun now that our players are seeing that what we've been preaching this whole time works if we all work together and do it the right way. So, you know, we've known you for a number of years. You're a guy who keeps it low-key, doesn't draw attention to yourself. But you see Zach Wilson goes on Twitter. You probably saw it. Speaking of you, silent impact on the team, his dedication scheme and passion are never talked about. Thank you for believing me and helping me evolve into the QB I've always wanted to be. And he puts a picture of you. It looks like you're at the Boise game and you're uh, after the game and you're uh, with him and all that. And as I say, you don't really tout your own horn. I mean, I'm not saying you're John Beck here, but what did that make you think and how would you feel when you saw that? <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely no John Beck, that's for sure. Uh, no, uh, I'm joking. I love John Beck. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, I didn't even hear. So I've kind of been avoiding social media this season as much as I can, and I heard, I didn't even hear about that until uh, I think it was a day and a half later after he posted it. I was really humbled. That was, that was uh, nice of him to say that. And that picture was uh, – I think we were the last two guys on the field after the game because um, I was actually arguing with the, uh, some of the Boise State people in the booth that the, that his uh, that that one pass was a touchdown pass. Like, hey, we, we've scored like five touchdowns on that play, and it's been a touchdown pass every time. And now you guys are counting as a rush. I argued with them after the game, just just uh, you know, just for him. You know, I just feel like I, I wanted to I wanted to do that for him. And uh, anyway, so we were we were like the last guys on the field and. I ran up to him and we had a good moment. It was it's been it's been fun uh, watching him grow and watching him grow as a leader. And I'm not surprised at all about how well he's playing. I think he's been a really good player the whole time he's been here, and um, he's just right now he's just really in control and he's got excellent play around him. That's been the biggest difference this year. Is the other ten guys on the field are are all executing at a higher level than they ever have. And, and um, so it's really allowing him to show, show how good he is. So where is the most improvement happening? Because it's nearly perfect. You know, when you're completing 75% of your passes and you've got 22 touchdowns and two interceptions and you're throwing for 314 yards a game, they really are video game numbers. Has he improved that yeah. much? 
is the I mean his protection at times is yeah. awesome. Like he is waiting for guys to get downfield, and there is like you could just you could just take a pen and draw a perfect semicircle around him. And at the same time, he's got receivers and now a tight end putting up huge numbers. Where's the most improvement happening on the offense? Um, well, it's hard to pick just one area. I would say the first thing was with Zach. Um, he, you know, I know people, it's been said over and over how he hasn't been healthy, but I don't. You can't overstate how not healthy he was a year ago. I mean, he literally was on a very strict pitch count all the way up until the week of the Utah game, and I mean, limited throws in practice, and he was he was blooping the ball just to throw like a simple 10-yard out route. He was throwing a rainbow and just trying to be quick with his feet and get it out on time to get it there. And and, uh, and then it got a little better and a little better as the season was going on, but not, not uh, was never near what he was capable of. And then breaks his thumb. Breaks his thumb making the tackle on his throwing hand and comes back from that in four weeks, which when he first did it, they told us it would be six weeks minimum and he came back in four weeks and played with almost no flexibility in his thumb and uh and, and just wasn't himself but he, he i think he earned a lot of respect from his teammates that he, he could have easily just opted out and said i'm gonna redshirt this year and baylor jaron go at go at go at it you know and he he played hurt and i think his teammates saw how he played hurt. and even though it wasn't always pretty he, i think he learned a lot about uh, just how to compete and then, so then uh, I think that the, like the areas of improvement this year, I think every week people underestimate how good our receivers are. I think it's just, I think it's just Gunner and Dax just look like your next door neighbor, you know, Boy Scouts. And uh, but every week people underestimate how good those guys are. They're 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 not just overachievers. They're really good, athletic, fast guys that make plays down the field. Um, our offensive line is. Is uh, we knew they were going to be good, but it, they've been even better than I expected. We've, we've started, I think, I think we've started nine or ten different guys this year on the line. On the line, we've got depth there. Um, we've got versatility. A lot of those guys are multiple position guys, and uh, they're playing really well. And then can't say enough about Isaac Rex just stepping up. I mean, to lose a guy like Matt Bushman was devastating, and uh, Isaac has really stepped up and the other tight ends have as well but it's I think it's pretty apparent that Isaac's a special player and and so and, and our running backs have all improved so it's it's across the board I mean it's just been fun to watch and um we've got good coaches on our staff I think that have done a good job bringing those guys bringing those guys along and then finding schemes that feature what they do well and um and then the last thing I would say is we made a conscious conscious effort that we were going to throw the ball down the field this year, I know people say that, and, and but we are, uh, you know, I made this comment in the media staff meeting one day and said, I don't want to throw it more, I just want to throw it farther. And so we're doing that. We're, we're taking our shots, and we're not afraid to be second and ten, you know, but we're going to take our shots, and uh, we're landing more of them than, uh, uh, you know, than we have in the past. And, and uh, so it's been fun. So you talk about three years ago when you were taking your lumps, and I think that you acknowledge that part of your success is due to continuity and experience, and so you are you are where you are. So at that point three years ago, was it just circumstantial, 
or was it a, a plan, hey, we're going to go with these guys knowing that there's going to be a payoff down the line? It was a little bit of both, but a lot of it was the plan from the beginning. I mean, Jeff Grimes, got to give him credit. The first staffing we ever had, he said, let's talk about what what characteristics do, do BYU football players have that we could build on? Like, what, what are we? Who, who can we be? What can we do better than other teams? And we all agreed that we could be more reliable than other teams. Uh, we got the, the type of kids that are reliable and you can count on them and they're going to do what they're coached to do. And, uh, and then we all agreed that we could be a big uh, physical team. And that's, you know, BYU teams of the past. You, know, you, you don't you, – some years you may have a great wide receiver. You might have an Austin Collie and some years you might not. You know, some years you might have a Jamal in the backfield or a Luke Staley in the backfield. Some years you might not. But BYU should always have a big physical offensive line. BYU should always have good quarterback play. And BYU should always be a group of guys that are reliable, that can execute what they're being asked to do. And so we that that was Grimey's, you know, initial first meeting we ever had. And it just so happened that that year we had some young guys that were there and needed to play and we just we just went with them. And I think uh you know, we're seeing that we're seeing that payoff now. And uh, well, what's really fun about it is this: still, almost all of them can come back. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of guys that are returning that can that can. Uh, you know, it's, this this isn't going to slow down. I don't think anytime soon. You know that's true, but we've also uh, we've also talked to former BYU players who played in the NFL and said project these guys to the to the NFL, and they all think that there's a half dozen NFL guys on your team, and there could be more than that. So, how much have you been trying to use some of the time when you know you're ahead in the fourth quarter to bring guys along because you could be losing a lot of guys a little earlier than you expected? Yeah, we'll we'll have some guys go to the NFL, I'm sure, and but that's a good thing for the program. I mean, all, all those years I was at Utah, uh, we we had we'd lose guys to the NFL every year, and and uh, I thought, uh, first of all, I thought Kyle always did an awesome job of giving those guys advice, about, especially the ones who maybe had a chance to leave early. He always gave great advice to those guys, and uh, and then it would you know like truly in the best interest of the kid kind of advice, not just you know like hoping that we can win more games next year. He, he was always about the, the kid first. And I think, uh, I know Kalani will do the same thing with our players. Um, and then, yeah, we've been, we've played a lot of different people this year. We've had a lot of opportunities to get reps for guys that maybe they're not the starter right now, but they're close to the starter. I mean, we've got unbelievable competition at O-line. I mean, some, of the, some of the second team guys are just right there with the starters. And uh, that's, so we've been getting those guys in a lot. Same thing with at tight end. We've got depth there. We've got some good young players that have played a lot this year. Uh, Isaac's gotten the most, the majority of the attention, but there's three or four other guys. Uh, Dallin Holker coming home from a mission soon, who started as a freshman. So uh, we're, we're working those guys in. And then the other thing is we've practiced a lot. I mean, we've, we've gotten more practice maybe than any team in the country this year. And so that's been a good chance to get young players reps. And so, uh, same with some of our younger quarterbacks and stuff are getting reps in practice, but uh, here and there, you know, these bye weeks or, or whether they're scout team reps or whatever, they still add up. And so, um, I'm I'm excited about the future. 
So speaking of the future, I got a a recruiting question that I wanted to ask you as far as it's somewhat of a double-edged sword. There's probably more LDS football talent out there than ever, but at the same time, some of it is going to other places. Stanford's got a number, obviously the in-state schools, and so you know the idea of recruiting the LDS kid is really just like recruiting any other kid. With the success that you're having this year, how much do you think that that can give you some more ammunition to maybe get more of that talent that is going to other places? Well, we hope it will, and uh, I think I think it will. I think also that one thing that kind of gets overlooked in recruiting is, um, you know, there are more good players in Utah than than Utah and BYU could possibly recruit every year. And I mean, it's a, the number's too large to take them all. And I'm talking about good players, like Pac-12, you know, Power Five level players. Uh, you know, and and so you got you can only sign 25 players per year, and then you, you divide that 25 up into how many different position groups there are on the team. You're, you're usually talking about taking one or two guys per position group. And you know, in a in a, in a wild year, you might maybe take three linemen or, or three offensive linemen or maybe a third receiver or something. Most years you're taking one or two guys per position. And then when you kind of break that down by which position groups are really thriving in this state and which types of, you know, guys are available, I don't think Utah is always just losing those guys to other factual teams. I think more often than not, they're going all in on the ones they really want. And sometimes it might look like they lost the guy somewhere else. And I think that's the same case with us as well. I mean, we we zero in on the ones that we think are a great fit for us. Uh, obviously, we have some other things that, you know, with, with our, our school being a private school, we have to make sure we're recruiting guys that want to be at BYU and fit. But also, uh, sometimes it's just like, you know, we only have a spot or two and it's this certain position and we really need that position, so we go all in on this guy. And there might be a really good player around around the corner that looks like, oh, how could you guys lose this guy? And it's just like, well, we didn't, we, we love him, but we didn't have a spot, you know. And I think that happens a lot more in recruiting than people realize. And so, yes, there are great players in the state that sometimes the in-state schools lose lose out on, but it's not always as obvious as it might appear. Aaron Rodder joined us, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So as uh, the future looks bright, the present looks great, um, is there any part of you that ever says, I wish we could have played those three Pac-12 schools, I wish we could have played Minnesota, Missouri, and just gone at that original schedule and see how things worked out? Yeah, we all wanted to play that schedule. you know. So, um, And unfortunately it didn't work out. It's it's nobody's fault. You know, those, those teams didn't they didn't duck us and we didn't duck them. It just, it was just the circumstances of this year. Um, but we're all competitors. We would have loved to have played it. And we hear people say how weak our schedule is or whatever. And, and, uh, I don't like to talk about that cause I, I have too much respect for the game to be disrespectful to the teams that we played. Um, I know this, a lot, a lot of the teams we played are every bit as good or better than the, than the crappy whack teams that we played when I was a player. I mean, so, I mean, these numbers that our offense is putting up or Zach's putting up or whatever, I mean, don't don't discredit that, and especially if you want to be, compare him to quarterbacks of the past that we're playing against, you know, a bad UTEP team or, or whatever. I mean, the, he's 
the, Louisiana Tech had a lot of good players on that field, and so did Troy. And there was a lot of speed and good good athletes on that field that uh, the, the the whack teams that I was a player when I was a player didn't have. They, they didn't have that kind of athleticism that that La Tech had, and you know, playing Navy very very similar to playing Air Force. Maybe you know, you could probably even say that recently Navy's been a little better than Air Force. And so you know, I think uh, I have a lot of respect for those guys and these teams that we've been playing, and it's been fun. I mean, Boise State, what a what a great program they are, and we uh, we had a good night against them. So yes, we wish we could have played those teams, but we didn't get that chance, and um, so we just have to. Uh, play the games that are in front of us, and then you know next season will be back to the back to the grind of of uh, trying to make it through those 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 difficult games back to back to back. That'll be that'll be a challenge we'll deal with next year. So Zach's stock, as far as NFL wise, according to these mock drafts, is just soaring. So for the sake of argument. Assume he does leave and goes into the NFL. I know uh, you're recruiting quarterbacks. There's one prominent here is talked about here locally of receiving a BYU offer and a bunch of other places. I know you can't address that, so I won't ask you, but we all know the kid's name anyway. Could you just give us this, this like a little insight into the handicapping of the quarterback competition going forward if, if Zach does go to the NFL? Yeah, um... We all, I guess everybody in the program is aware that that's a possibility. I don't, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion yet, but there's a chance he could, he could leave. And uh, if he does, it'll be with him. We'll all be cheering for him. Um, but we, we've got a really good room still. I mean, um, Baylor has taken all their number two reps this season and, and done, done very well when he's gotten his chance to play. We all saw what he did last year when he played. He, he went in there and did a great job for us. Uh, Jaron Hall... Is still a very good, very good football player. He's he's been dealing with an injury. Uh, it, it, it's not like a super serious thing, but he's been. Uh, that's why you guys haven't seen him out there. He's, but we just decided to use this season to just get him right physically, and so I still have a lot of belief and hope in him. Uh, I think he's he's played very well when he's had his opportunities. He just had trouble staying healthy at, up to this point, and then. We've got two young quarterbacks in the program. Soljay Mayava as a really exciting guy, a playmaker. A little different style than the other guys, uh, but he can make plays. Uh, he's, he's pretty fun to watch. Every time he goes in, we joke around that something exciting is about to happen. and Might be good, might be bad, but he's he's pretty exciting player. And uh, and then Jacob Carnival joined us early. He was We were not expecting to get him until... Uh, January, but he's with the with the pandemic and everything, got his mission got cut short. He was just at home, and we found a way to fit him in this fall. So he's been getting bonus reps all all season. And uh, I think anybody that follows BYU football knows he was a very highly recruited player uh, that was offered by just about everybody. Uh, so we that between those four guys, I think we'll be we'll be in good hands. Uh, if Zach decides to leave, and uh, there'll be great competition there. They're really, really tight knit group, and they're they're already. I mean, it's already competition every day. I mean, they're not dumb. They know what's they know what's around the corner. 
Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Uh, everything is so different in 2020. Are you seeing NFL scouts the same way you used to? Are they reaching out to you by phone or text? How is this working? Because clearly you have a lot of guys you're interested in. Yeah. Uh, so this year it's mostly been over the phone or Zoom or whatever. I've With the bye week, I've had uh, Zoom, Zoom meetings uh shoot several of them I had one with uh i don't know how many nfl teams were on that call i had one with a couple teams yesterday and got two more lined up today where they're just teams just want to know more about zach more in depth and and, uh, and i'm happy to do it i mean it's, you know it's part of the job and i'm um, i uh i want to always want to promote our players and i'll do the same thing for other quarterbacks that earn that opportunity in the future so but yeah, it's mostly been Zoom this year. You want another game if you get it, or just take it as it goes. I'm sorry, what was that? If Tom can add another game, do you want it, or you just take it as it goes and see what happens? Yeah, we we would love to play. I mean, we're having so much fun playing football that nobody's nobody's uh, we're not you know taking ourselves too seriously, man. We just we just like we're having so much fun playing football this year, and it started with fall camp when we didn't even know if we were playing or who we were playing or anything, and we were just practicing out there. and It was fall camp with literally zero drudgery. Everyone was just, sounds cheesy, but everyone was just thankful to be out there playing football. And we've just kind of had that attitude all season where we're just, hey, guys, we get to play this week. Let's go. And, and you see games getting canceled all over the place and teams that didn't even start playing until we had already played six or seven games and, or eight games. I mean, I guess there's some teams that haven't played yet. We already have eight. And so we just love playing the game. And if, there, if, if we get a phone call today that, that there's a game tomorrow, we'll show up. And that's kind of been our attitude. And uh, no one's thinking too much about down the road and can we get to this or can we get to that. It's just, hey, we got a game this week. Let's go have some fun and let's let it rip. And that's how we've been playing and we'll keep it up. He's Aaron Roderick, BYU Passing Game Coordinator and QB Coach. Aaron, we love having you on. Thanks for coming on, and we will talk to you again, hopefully sooner rather than later. Well, you love having me on, but I was told that I was like the eighth choice. Like, you couldn't get Kalani, and then you couldn't get somebody else, and you couldn't get somebody else. That's, that's what I was told, and that I was like the backup, backup, backup plan. But I'm still happy to do it. We will give you the bad phone number, and you can just stop <laughs> reacting to what anybody else says, and you just call your guys, your DJ and PK, whenever you want. Yeah, give him the bad phone. He can never feel like this again. <laughs> well, that's just bull crap right there, man. That's like those crappy whack teams you were playing. That's just crappy comments right there. Yeah. No, you're number one in my heart always. That was the UTEP of radio scheduling right there. Thanks, guys.